You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. I'm Wayne Nelson. On today's show, we're going to discuss a case study regarding an application for a home ownership line of credit, or HELOC, as it pertains to the co-ownership of a gym by two people. Now, this is strictly a business arrangement. So what are the protocols? What are the important considerations that must be made to protect each person's interest? Does the lender have particular requirements? And what happens if these two people choose to live together at a later date? Joining me this morning to answer these questions and more and to talk about this case study is Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel, Henry Villanueva. Uh, Good morning, Wayne. Good morning, everybody listening to the show. I would like to share this case study because I'm getting a lot of uh, these cases uh, recently. And it's because uh, Calgary weather is getting better these days and people are wanting to work out. And along with people wanting to work out is people wanting to think of business ventures to improve their standard of living, come to say. So we need to understand what the situation is first. So what are all the important relevant factors? Mm-hmm. Well, in a perfect world, and if we all had the means, we wouldn't need to go to a bank. We would just use our resources, and that is always an option. Uh, You don't always have to go to the bank to obtain financing. If you have the means, use your money, use your savings, pull from your investments. But another option as well, Wayne, is you can borrow from your family members. And maybe you can negotiate a a cheaper rate if you're borrowing from the family members. But take note, that is also an option. In the event those two are no longer options and you choose to go forward with a, a commercial loan, the first thing that the banks will inquire is regarding what you want to do as far as a business. So they'll ask what's called a business plan, Wayne. So what's the first step in putting together this business plan? So part of the business plan is the bank will want to know what the business is. And let's say, for example, they want to set up a gym. Uh, they will first look at the location. They'll look to see whether or not there needs to be any uh, capital expenditures, such as purchase of equipment or improvements on uh, the lease area. And then after that, they'll also investigate further to see how much John and Betty are each able or comfortable to put in as initial capital. And that could be based on a certain percentage that they have mutually agreed upon, or it could be 50-50 each, or it could be 70-30 or 60-40 each. All right, so they have agreed. We're going to assume that John and Betty have made that agreement amongst themselves. And again, does John have the same draw on resources that Betty does. Mm -hmm. So usually the case is one has uh, more resources than the other. And what the banks will usually do in those cases is check the credit of each of these individuals separately and check the credit on a combined basis as well. And if the numbers line up fairly uh, and the bank is comfortable in providing these two individuals a loan for their business, then the banks will go ahead and do that. However, note that banks are also a business and they are in it for profit as well. And in that particular case, they will charge interest on this loan that they're giving. And to make sure that they get paid back, they will require what's called security from the couple. 
Sure. And in this case? Security can come in many forms. Typically, for business loans, security comes in the form of uh, personal guarantees and or in certain instances, the banks may also require security based on each other's homes or houses. And in this particular case, let's say Betty and John each have a house. The banks will want security on those homes for the loan. But if one party has a fully paid off house with no mortgage and the other party unfortunately still maintains a mortgage, the preference of the bank will be to gain security from that free and clear home. And in this case, let's say if it's Betty who has a home that's free and clear from mortgages, then the banks will want to put a loan on that home. And in this particular case, it may be pertained to as a HELOC loan or a home equity line of credit loan. Now, when it comes to that situation, we have an unequal amount of credit available for each of these parties because Betty's home is paid for, John's is not. Betty would therefore be more at risk if their business, in this case, the gym, fails. And John, who would have put in less money because he had less available to borrow, wouldn't be responsible for the same amount in that gym. But that doesn't sound fair, does it? They should each have equality on on the business part of things if it fails or succeeds. That's right. We want to be sure that uh, we are fair for both parties. And in this particular case, it's not fair for Betty to take on all the risk and have her home on the line and John to take less risk because he doesn't have uh, his home on the line. So this is a pretty um, uh, hard predicament for Betty because at the same time, she wants to take this risk, but again, wants to manage her risk. But all at the same time, she still wants to continue this business and have a good working relationship with John at the same time. So now the question here, Wayne, and to our listeners is, what is Betty and John to do? In this particular case, we have to analyze their situation. What is the relationship of Betty and John? Are they merely friends? Are they getting into a relationship? Are they going to be cohabiting in this home? If not, do they have plans for marriage in the future? If if cohabitation and marriage in the future is not imminent or coming fairly soon, then what we might have to do is come up with an agreement that deals with the co-ownership of this particular HELOC loan. And how do you arrange that? Well, what we want to make sure first is if the banks are requiring that Betty and John be both on title to Betty's home so that they can provide the loan, then we want to make sure that Betty's share is protected. Now, there are different kinds of ownership. You have joint tenancy, you have tenancy in common. For sure. And we have to consider that as well. If we put Betty and John on title as joint tenancy, what that means is should Betty pass away, then John will inherit the house 100%. However, if we put the title in Betty and John's name as tenants in common with respect to a specific share, let's say 60% Betty and 40% John, that means despite the passing of Betty, John will only own 40% and not the 100% because Betty's 60% will then fall upon her estate. Okay. So what did we decide in this case study? In this case study, what uh, we did in the office was try to make this as even as possible for Betty and John. And the best way to go about in this case is to come up with a co-ownership agreement 
So we are going to be transferring uh, John on title to Betty's home because that's what the banks require in order to provide this loan. Now, did the banks have a preference? Is there? Did they have any say in what kind of title arrangement can be made? Mm-hmm. And we're pretty lucky that the banks had no preference. Uh, all their concern was they wanted to see John on title and Betty on title. And in that particular case, we opted for the more safe approach, which was to put Betty on title for 99%. And John, a mere 1%, because again, this is not John's home, and he's only going to go on title as an accommodation and in order for us to facilitate this HELOC loan. And did that 99-1 split reflect his interest, his ability to pay? So uh, in reality, the the home is 100% Betty's. However, the HELOC loan is 50% Betty's and 50% John's. So before we executed on the loan, we made sure that John signed off on a couple of clauses. And among those clauses were that John is only coming on title as an accommodation and not as a real beneficial owner of the home. Second is that he's waiving any and all interest in Betty's home because he's only there while the loan is in place, and after the loan is paid off, because the business would make money and profits, then John would be removed from the title to Betty's house. Therefore, Betty would be kept whole. So it's important to note here, Henry, that you've got two separate agreements, well, three separate agreements. You've got the agreement with the bank for the financing. You've got the agreement between John and Betty for Uh, the business arrangement, and then you also have the agreement pertaining to the title. Exactly. All right. So it's good that we have this kind of an evaluation, and these are the exact reasons why someone should be not just uh, jumping head first into an arrangement. They need to have professional consultation. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this case study when we return. We'll be back in a moment with Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel, Henry Villanueva. You're listening to The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. 